Uh, hello, and welcome to the Cubicorn Games Podcast. My name is Dustin Morabito. I remembered my name this time. Good job! <laughs> so jo- proud. Joining me uh, to talk about video games, the making of them, the playing of them, <gasps> Lorraine Morabito is here. It's true. I'm also here. <laughs> I keep like This mic is like... Just high enough, but also just low enough that if I like tilt my head in any way, like my glasses hit the oh. whatever the holder is, just because it's like it's so high, but it's not like high that it's above my head. It's right in front of my face. So we can adjust that still. It's fine. We'll keep working on it. It's fine. It's a work in progress. Everything always hey. is. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of works in progress. Yeah. We're going to talk about our game a little bit. We're going to talk about uh, rightfully bury arms in a little yeah. while. Um. Anything in your mind in particular you want to share just in general before we really get going? My thought was I had some final little thoughts about MAGFest, then a few cucumber updates, and then our, our BA. Uh, yeah, I don't have thoughts. I just want to know if you had any updates, anything to share with the class. Yeah, I mean... The world at large. Still playing Animal Crossing again, which has been fun. I'm not sure when I'm going to stop. Because <laughs> it's just like I'm playing for like an hour a day, and like that's it. And I'm like, I'm just doing really basic stuff. And part of me wants to get to my birthday again to just have like a party thrown for me in Animal Crossing, <laughs> um, which I've had done like uh-huh. multiple times because the game came out on March 20th. So I had my birthday within me starting of it playing that year. And it's just, I don't know. It's just fun. I like playing it. It's a nice chill game. But again, I'm not really doing anything like I've got more money than God. I guess the only the only thing I'm slowly doing is like kind of chipping away at the handful of KK Slider songs I still don't have. I remember to go and see him last night and banging my head against the side of Red's ship to see if he ever gives me more art because it's the <laughs> only part of my museum I don't have fucking finished because half the time he either has all counterfeit shit or um, he has one that's always legit, but I already have it. Mm-hmm. So he's nothing for me. You're saying every time he spawns, there's one like slot he has that like, oh, this is a real. There, there's a handful of art pieces that are just they just don't have fakes. There's some of them. Oh, so some yeah, some of the drops, yeah. There are no fake. Unlike the original Animal Crossing, where you just bought something and rolled the dice, there are tells that it's fake. You just have to look at it and like, I mean, you can you just have, I have to Google them online half the time because I don't know exactly like I don't know all these paintings perfectly and, mm-hmm. or statues or whatever, but um, they have tells. I think since new leaf i don't remember if it was in city folk or not new leaf for sure had mm-hmm. they were fake there were things like you could see like a i think it's like the bust of nefertiti or whatever has like a round headpiece as opposed to the more tubular one statue of david yeah. has like a curly q duck penis no <laughs> oh i think he's holding something <laughs> uh i remember from new leaf specifically i don't know the name of the piece but the one that one like marble statue of the guy like throwing the discus it was like a ufo or something or like more it had like carvings on the discus that made it look like that or like a frisbee or whatever (laughs) so sometimes all of his or like the rosetta stone is just blue like i'm pretty sure i bought a blue rosetta stone because i thought it was hysterical but like i can't turn that into black there's because it's fake but yeah i'm just i'm just vibing an animal crossing it's fun it's a a good time that's cool I i had forgotten i had played both a little bit of resident evil 4 remake and a little bit of Mario RPG. I don't really need to talk about those. Like when I fit, your if knife I finish broke either there. of them. There's the there's the thing about Resident Evil that your knife broke. Yeah, but uh, again, that's like I'd, I I want to get I'd play if I play more of that game, maybe uh-huh. I'll talk about it because like I'd I'm I'm curious how easy it is to repair your knife. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. more the thing because uh, that's clearly part of the game now is that they have this resource system and mm-hmm. there's some amount of crafting. 
but other than that, it sure is like that old game, which is, I don't know, it's still good. I think that game's cool, but it's there's not that much interesting about it if you've mm-hmm. already played it. Yeah. If you've um, already played it, you've already played it. Mario RPG is basically the same thing. I am a little bit... The one thing I will say about it right now is that I do think there's some charm in how much of the game that they have kept to the original, right mm-hmm. down to like the translation and stuff of the English version. That's cute. They kept a I lot really of like, like the I think the overwhelming majority of like little dialogue flourishes and stuff from the parts that I've seen so far. Little idiosyncrasies. <laughs> yeah, have been maintained of that era of like game translation from that right from that SNES version to the to this, which is kind of neat. Um, yeah, I think that's cute. I like when they like keep that stuff as opposed to like making it more true to the original text. Or trying to make it more modern. I think that's just funner and like a cuter little thing. I, like, yeah, I don't even think that either one is particularly wrong, but I, th- I like that um, we're at a place where like that can be part of game preservation too, of <laughs> preserving yeah. the stuff that is weirder about it that was like, yeah, just kind of like at the time, just a matter of course, like, all right, well, this game's got to get translated into English to sell it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody's got to do it. And whoever's doing that work, you know, sometimes. They'd like barely try or barely be able to. And like mm-hmm. you'll see those NES games where like it doesn't even functionally make sense or whatever. Well, it's even like sometimes like limitations of those older systems, like the slots Oh, sure. For names. How many characters you can yeah. fit on the ROM like how or whatever or in the For work, Alligator's space name, on just, it's just G R G T. Like it just, right. it's ends in, in T R as opposed G- to T E R because. It's a high performance automobile. Mm hmm. Because, well, because they didn't have space for it, and like uh-huh. they just kept that, which I think is cute, sure. as opposed to trying to like really fit. And like same with like old Final Fantasy item names, like stuff like that. I think is cool when they can when they can keep some of those little like just like technological idiosyncrasies in like game translations going forward. Like obviously you don't have to do all of it. Like you can mm-hmm. show the full character name for a thing, but like other things in there as part of that process. It's neat when they're preserved and treated with at least some kind of like consideration when a game is getting remade especially to this extent because like obviously it's from the ground up so like they're not using they're not importing something in that has all these things they they chose what to put in that remake Mm -hmm. and it was based on what was in the original game yeah but and again right that's more of like from that game specifically i think there are examples of that were like all right clearly somebody put like some thought and effort into this like they added a lot mm-hmm. of cute little turns of phrase and stuff in here that like that didn't necessarily need to be at least i you know i guess that's i, love I that mean shuffle. i'm assuming a decent amount of that stuff was from the english translation but i guess i don't know that because i don't i've never read the japanese one mm-hmm. so i maybe i should do my due diligence on that too and find out but in any case i think it's a cute little game i think if you play the original game you will probably enjoy it and that's about all I have to say about that <laughs> for the moment. It was cute to watch because, like, I, I didn't have any childhood memories of that game. That was not something we... We had very few Super Nintendo games back in the day. So my main memories of that are playing it with you on the Wii Virtual Probably. Console, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. That was my first time seeing it at all, at all. So seeing it again, brightly saturated and fully rendered in 3D is a very cute... It's a cute time. Yeah, with all that said... Boshi's back and better than ever. <laughs> and Croco, Cro- Cro- my beloved. Back. All the like, purpley dinosaur bros are Boshi's here and hanging out. Um, I might have to use that Boshi the Rock picture on the, for the thumbnail now. So. <laughs> or the Mario Shuffle. <laughs> all right, either that one. That Shuffle is so good. Oh, that screen is a treasure. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about, like I said, we're going to work through... Our stuff all the way back to streaming games again. But the first thing I wanted to say, which I had thought about this after we recorded, like as Uh I was editing the last podcast, I think we forgot one major gap that like in 
playing the game we played on stream this week. It kind of wrapped all around for me full circle, but I we had forgotten to uh, to, the, to to as usual, which we shouldn't. Uh, kind of thank all of the supporting folks. I think like specifically uh, like your family and my parents mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, everybody. I mean, we were talking about the show. Yeah, like, I know. I understand we, why like that... we kind of pulled ourselves into a wider conversation about that event because it was a thing we'd never done before. And it's mm-hmm. huge, and it was it felt like pertinent to describe that stuff to people. But mm-hmm. it did make me remember that, like, I do like to reiterate that. Like, I don't, I don't ever want those contributions to go unnoticed mm-hmm. because I feel like for people, because I feel like this is just as valuable piece of information. And I also thought about this again when we did, like, we were at school the other week or yeah, earlier we, we this past week. We went back to whatever. U of M Dearborn and gave our yearly. Yeah. Video game indie video game business in you talk, mm-hmm. which may or may not have be the actual title of that slide deck. <laughs> yeah. And we had a whole uh, slide in there that was just about like support, support structures mm-hmm. and that stuff does matter and it does count because none of the our booth wouldn't have been as nice if uh you know your parents hadn't been gracious enough to let us borrow their bigger car so we mm-hmm. could bring more shit with us. Um I wouldn't have gotten as much done if it weren't for or like my family, like my mom every once in a while just like bringing the dinner over and dropping it off so that was one less thing I had to do in a day mm-hmm. or uh them taking care of our cat yeah right them taking care of the we cat that was both like a thing we didn't have to worry about financially we didn't have to pay to put her up somewhere mm-hmm. or like time wise beforehand we didn't need to do the logistics of figuring out a place to take her or whatever mm-hmm. so all that shit adds up and it like helps mm-hmm. it helps a lot <laughs> and if you uh you know are fortunate enough all the snacks we got uh, yeah your your mom right again I, we did mention that that I, like mm-hmm. uh, folks in your family had been kind uh with like cr- christmas stuff and giving us things that we mm-hmm. could support ourselves in the trip ahead yeah all that stuff matters a lot and it's uh don't take it for granted and if you're lucky uh to have lucky enough to have people in your life that can sometimes do little shit like that for you mm-hmm. you should be very appreciative and try to you know do the same like when they they need something do your best to to try to meet their needs too whenever you can but it, uh i mean there's a reason i go and <laughs> shovel your parents sidewalk and driveway when it snows really bad because like they're aside from our ever radiant intern the wonderful andrea and also subsequent second intern alexandra um, who've helped us out with a handful of local shows like the other two members the very key members of Cubicorn Games are your parents for sure. Between the like, they've helped actually at shows now. They went with you last year and might be going again this year. If you've ever gotten a button from us, they made it. <laughs> we get a lot of help from them and they're very, very appreciated. <laughs> we do our best to mm-hmm. show that however we can. But again, yeah, that stuff, like all, all that stuff contributes to the, mm-hmm. you know, the ultimate success of it, theoretically anything we're able to release. Um, but it also brought me back, like I said, both of the talk at school brought that back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then that conversation, at part of that conversation we had had with uh, Chris and April at MAGFest, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about their game in a minute, where she kind of talked about, you know, like to some degree imposter syndrome or whatever, where mm-hmm. like, she felt like she might not be like, contri- quote unquote, contributing enough to call herself a game developer when she is actively involved in that project. Yeah, like she this... is in fact doing on the ground work to make that game successful. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you might not I would be like writing the code, but you're helping to make the game yeah. happen. So like, I certainly consider her, her part of the development team of that yeah. product. But he, but minus that, even if she even if she wasn't, even if she was just like, you know, I'm just making dinner a little more often or like, you know, doing mm-hmm. the laundry when you can't or whatever. All that stuff counts, too, yeah. in terms of making the thing successful. So like you, you're facilitating. Yeah. Day to day support stuff is absolutely integral into making anything like this succeed, especially on the scale of indie games where, like, usually it's... For the stuff the stuff we work on and much of the stuff we play, a small, hand, like, 
a number of people you can count on one hand or less. So, mm-hmm. generally speaking, uh, yeah. Well, especially yeah. at like a lot of the shows mm-hmm. like that we've gone to. Yeah. Like, so every one to two uh, devs is not yeah. uncommon. Every it's hour just, counts because yeah. <laughs> there aren't that many people to spread the hours around mm-hmm. to. So, yeah, that stuff's really important and deserves acknowledgement. Yes. And again, thank you to everybody who's continued to help us up to this point. Mm-hmm. We'll keep doing our best to. to do good work mm-hmm. and be worthy of it. Physically or financially. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything counts. Yep. Um, and then as far as Cucumber updates, I've uh, just been working on tweaks, little bug fixes for the most part over the last couple weeks. We're into the, some really nitty gritty stuff now, which I don't know. I kind of enjoy and also <laughs> like it can be frustrating depending on how irritating the issue is. Like I think I fixed How nitty that. and how gritty. Yeah. <laughs> I think I fixed that soft lock issue finally. Woo! But uh, the more testing will... Mm-hmm. Be required to confirm that. Because I still think I've only ever done it personally once during mm-hmm. testing, probably a year almost ago. And but I've seen it happen many times. So hopefully, yeah, it was a very isolated, like frame perfect kind of thing. That again, like I said, we'll see if it's actually resolved mm-hmm. once there's more time out in the wild. But uh, I changed a couple of the other things that were kind of like that too, where. Mm-hmm. Again, for, like, feel stuff, I kind of enjoy when that stuff comes together. So that was, like, just more of an annoyance that, like, was just really irritating of how inconsistent it was that it was still mm-hmm. happening. But then I... I mean, it's, it's sanding out a rough edge, basically. Yeah, I've tweaked some other things that, again, I'll have to have you try them out. But I might even have to describe them in more detail than, like, the patch notes mm-hmm. I've written up, Frida. Because, I've, like, I've tweaked some stuff now where, like, I did fix an issue that people, uh, some, again, kind of more, like, intense or high-level players mm-hmm. had accurately pointed out that there were... Uh, Certain instances where, like, if you did the double jump input specifically on an enemy, you would lose momentum. Like, you just wouldn't go up. Mm-hmm. And that was also, like, a kind of a, like, a distance determinate, like, sort of frame perfect thing. Where if you mm-hmm. ba- basically, if, like, you hit an enemy in the first active frame of the projectile, it basically, like, cleared two flags at once. And so instead mm-hmm. of checking to see if you would go up, it just, like, put you in a falling state, basically. I gotcha. Um, so that should be fixed now. Woo. And then I had fixed a thing that's been bugging me for a while. But again, I, many players I don't think would even notice it. But if you're playing at a high level, I think you'd, you'll you notice the difference immediately. Whereas, like, basically before this, when Cucumber was in either, like, an air punching or a dashing state, he there's no way to side switch him in that state. Because he he only changes direction when he's, like, when your, your input is moving him laterally. Mm-hmm. When it's capable of moving him left and right. And when you're either air punching, you're not moving at all. Or when you're uh, dashing, you're fixed in the direction you're dashing in mm-hmm. for the duration of the dash. And so it would be really hard to do, um, to basically like dash in one direction and then immediately do a thing in the other direction. Like yeah. as soon as it ended, like you'd be, like if you did a dash and then a dash again. Uh, like, even if you, like, really mashed out, like, like if you dashed to the right and then, like, slammed the stick to the left and, like, immediately tried to back dash the other way, basically. Wave dashing. Usually you'd get a right dash still mm-hmm. because the, the check hadn't happened, basically. he had, Like, basically, if you did, like, the dash input still in the within the bounds of the dashing state, mm-hmm. uh, he just wouldn't go that way. Like, because yeah. you hadn't entered either, like, a jumping or falling or some other state where he could side switch. Mm-hmm. So now there's a little input buffer in there where if you're, um, you can pretty much always do that like instantly dash in the opposite direction out of like an air punch or a, or like a dash mm-hmm. or d- another dash i kind of remember hearing you like have that conversation with someone i don't remember if it was mm-hmm. the yeah and that, the guy who like came and speed ran that stuff's that fun because i like that like i said that to me that's the like those little things because mm-hmm. like i said it's a pretty small thing in general many people will not will, interact with it will at not all. notice it but I, that that's that kind of massaging to me is the difference between like a good game and a great game is mm-hmm. like 
really, really massaging out like uh, little edge cases to try to get the most good feel you can mm-hmm. out of a thing. Um, and so I like doing that. I think it's a lot of fun. And again, we're kind of at that point in Cucumber where at least on the character side of things, he's pretty mm-hmm. close to complete. Like I'm still going to do a lot of little fiddling with the uppercut. Mm-hmm. More in like the when we're starting to build Tower 5 than right now because that's when yeah, you'll like quote unquote like unlock more, that yeah, ability. Where and it's so applicable. Like, yeah. I mean, with some of that, the ideas we had had the other day from kind of talking about like general stuff for that, I think that could be really interesting. There are interesting use cases for it because if you can hit those things and get aura off of them like other buttons or switches like you could do some weird shit which i think is neat yeah we've got a lot of cool ideas kicking around our cat's being bad <laughs> um, in the chair and then yeah we're gonna Big keep room. messing with stuff but that's kind of been my last couple weeks has been uh stuff like that like tracking down weird little bugs and mm-hmm. little eccentricities and character movement stuff that i wanted to massage out some some for a while now and some for you know mm-hmm. in the more near term look at that jumping thing uh-huh was like I think the last two shows like I think at Yumicon and at Magfest one or two people had pointed it out but I had never just done a deep dive to really like dig into mm. it until the past couple of weeks but I mean at like going into going or coming out of Yoma we were immediately going into Magfest so it was less like really fine tuning and more like we're building more and uh, expanding forward as opposed to like taking the time to look back and go over mm-hmm. uh, other pain points yeah. But that's the state of cucumber. It's coming along. <laughs> Again, we'll still have an update. Uh, by the next podcast, or yeah, I think maybe by the next podcast, I'll I'll know when the next build is dropping. But mm-hmm. it'll be near the end of this month or the beginning of March. But yeah, we'll have updates on that in a couple weeks. So for right now, I'll leave that for the moment, and we'll uh, we'll call it uh, an afternoon for our updates, and then <laughs> segue right into uh, rightfully Barry Arms, the first yeah. thing we streamed in a while. Um, oh, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I still really like this game, and it's. I think it's one of the one of my favorite things we played on stream. I think it is a lot of fun, and again, that is not still. If you've got any kind of game at all, any type of thing, email us at podcast at cubecorngames.com, uh, and we'll do our best to try it out. But uh, that's just another thing where, like, I try to say this anytime I like really go to bat for a game or anytime I bounce off of it is that I I do have pretty narrow tastes of like mm-hmm. the kind of thing that i feel like oh i i might play like 10 hours of this on my own time like the the number of things that clear that bar is astronomically small yeah. <laughs> there are just not that many things no. that, uh, even that like I personally really die triple a or anything yeah like, yeah, yeah his <laughs> you gotta really fight for dustin's game time <laughs> to to be there or you have to be like benign enough that he can play it mm-hmm. without really thinking about it yeah but i do uh i did really enjoy the time we spent with this and i definitely want to screw with around with it more on like an ongoing basis mm-hmm. as they make changes and stuff especially after they do those weapon tweaks that they had mm-hmm. talked about well i mean that I kind of stuff that like um the kind of stuff that i think you really like about it is like just the the very granular kind of like how you were like picking apart what mm-hmm. we needed to do down the drain to finish I mean, it. Like, yeah. And it's, it's a similar kind of vibe. Like, I can see why that aspect of it you mm-hmm. really like, but also, like, I do feel like the actual gameplay itself is also very appealing to you. Because, I mean, like, you liked, like, Geometry Wars and other kind of, mm-hmm. like, more precision-y, not necessarily first-person shooter-type games where this has that going for it, too. Like, I, I understand the... I can see the through point that got you here and why you like it. It mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah, but, it, yeah, it's a... Ro- so it's a roguelite... 2D shooter, right? I guess it's like it's a top-down shooter. Top shooter. Function functionally, right? The gameplay pretty much takes place on a 2D plane, although it does have polygonal a combination of polygonal and 2D assets in terms yeah, of like the, its visual presentation. I think the like levels themselves are a little more like not quite. Oh god, what is the word I'm looking for? Like for? 2.5D? No, 
not quite like cell shaded, but close enough. Like mm-hmm. really like low poly okay. environments. Yeah, and it's with got pixel 2D art characters. going on with like yeah. the, or, like, the character and the weapons and stuff. Yeah. They're in a 3D environment, but like the characters themselves are more flat, like a Paper Mario almost type deal. Yeah, but um, it's really cute. And it's very like, cute. Visually, it's like, a, like I said, it's got like, a, like you said, a combination of um, like kind of like low poly 3D stuff and mm-hmm. like 2D pixel art. Uh, and it's, ba- it's the basic vibes presentationally are like alien but a cute little bear dude. <laughs> like you're bouncing cute. from like space area to space mm-hmm. area, like shooting random alien looking guys and robots basically just and batteries and doing bugs. runs. Yeah. But again, overall, I, th- I think the game feel is for the most part in a pretty good place right now. Like the shooting feels pretty good. The base movement feels pretty good. The w- the variance in the guns mm-hmm. is neat in that there are quite a few of them and they are. They 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 feel the ones that we got to screw around with so far do feel different from one another. Like it doesn't just feel like the same thing with like just a rate of fire change or whatever. Yeah, they have like different sort of. And they have um, they have all have like many of them have fun little presentation layers. Like even the ones that are just guns, like they're mm-hmm. cute pixel art representations of just that gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there are some that are much sillier and much more fun than that. So yeah, that the the. Uh, the arsenal feels good so far, and like mm-hmm. I said, I'll be curious to see how that evolves too. Or even like, well, currently, I don't know if we played with every gun in the game. Which like one thing I during that run, so. we didn't equip the two of the other like base guns that they give you, mm-hmm. which is one of the things I'm curious about actually going forward in that game. I mean, I'm assuming the way that it has stated things, like I think there are a limited number of guns. Mm-hmm. You maintain them between runs, and like the upgrades swap. So, like, if you upgraded one of them's, like, they don't stack. The upgrades don't stack is what I'm saying mm-hmm. for the guns specifically. Like You're saying the upgrades reset per run. No. Maybe. <laughs> you can swap them. I don't know if they okay. necessarily maintain per run. Because this I is I kind be... of think that they did because there was text on the um, on the upgrade that kind of made it sound like that. But that, like, when you go into a, like, when you go pick up one of the upgrade things that could either give you, like, a new gun or upgrade one you already have. They made it sound like it replaces the old one you put on it. Okay, I'm that's... not sure. I fe- I could be wrong, but uh-huh. I think that might be well, right. But it does play to like so that plays to a bigger point of something we didn't actually talk about on stream. That like in thinking about it more, I would like to see possibly some changes or some clarification and the tutorialization, if nothing else, in future builds. Because this is so this is an early access thing. Uh-huh. So right now you can pay ten bucks for it. Like you can pay money for it and get it right now. But it is still a work in progress. So they're yes. still tweaking stuff about it. They're still making changes. Across the board, I I think the progression stuff is either a little confusing or just could be like massaged into something that is a little more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'll split those into two things. One of them is like the pathing thing, like as you're going from encounter to encounter, which we'll get to in a bit. But then part of it is like yeah, in terms of your character stuff over that course of that almost two hour play session, I feel like I'm still not actually sure exactly what maintains from run to run. <laughs> I think a lot of it says when it does. But there's always so much text on screen mm-hmm. when you're like looking over something. It's hard to specifically like figure out like what exactly. Oh, like what is this? Yeah. What does this do? Do I keep this? Do I not? And like it's right. not and always so there's clear. Like, yeah, there's the avenues to upgrade yeah. your. Uh, so the one the one thing I do know is that like the your global buffs and debuffs reset per run. Yes. So like those are there are basically like things you can set that are like oh more enemies appear in exchange for dropping more health or whatever mm-hmm. or like they're negative ones that are just like you know enemies have more hp or do more damage or something like well, that i think because like if i remember correctly from what was in game and what i learned while talking with those guys at magfest mm-hmm. 
the calamities happen as you progress. So that yeah, negative, yeah. like as you it's be a, a boss, like that negative modifier. Right. That was that my understanding pick. too. That it's basically yeah. like a d- difficulty, like, it's like a, a linear difficulty accelerator. Yeah. yeah. Like it's one more thing that mm-hmm. makes the game gradually harder as you get deeper into a run. And that only that makes sense to me. Like yeah. I think that that tracks is like a perfectly reasonable thing to have. Like every single run, you know, you start with a baseline of zero and then kind mm-hmm. of build up as you get deeper into one run at a time. And then you can also get those like buffs just from chests. But then like those buffs, you can also get that like can kind of work against or like negate some of the debuffs but those are less frequent or like they're less deterministic you will always get a calamity when you get far enough but you won't necessarily be granted a buff Mm -hmm. at the same cadence yeah which isn't a bad thing like mm -hmm. that's just a fact Sure, sure, sure. And so here's where, like, like I I know less now. Like, but in terms of like, there's also like that little character tech tree stuff, mm-hmm. where you can change things about uh, Barry. I believe is the character's Proofs, actual. Uh, I think is what they were called. Um, but like, yeah, basically, like you can unlock permanent special things, special like, abilities, or like yeah. upgrades to your like uh, just right, like you dash more frequently and stuff like that, like upgrades to cooldowns and stuff, like base upgrades to rate of fire of weapons, base upgrades to damage, more health, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And that stuff, I'm still not sure if persists or not. I think it does. I'm pretty okay. sure it does. Because, I mean, it always uh-huh. did after we died. We would get more of that, that currency, and we'd st- our tree would still be there. But I felt like it looked different sometimes. I might just be like, again, well, I think, the UI well, is it, all... It looked different in the tutorial, but the tutorial was like a separate thing. Like, once okay. you were through that... That's really weird. Huh. I, don't, I don't I think know. you're probably right, though. No, maybe I am right. I know I'm right. Yeah, I would maybe massage that out of the like i don't know how hard that is to do because mm-hmm. yeah because right we even did the same thing where like you're right in that the tutorial was kind of its own like micro save mm-hmm. and that like we picked a gun to start the tutorial it's like here pick one of these three guns and then when we finished the tutorial section it did that again it was like oh hey pick a gun and then so my understanding at that point i was like oh i i guess we pick a gun at the start of every run Mm-hmm. But that wasn't actually true because no. we it never prompted us again to pick like another base weapon. Like yeah. we, were, we had the one we'd chosen, and so that leads me to think about the guns and their progression stuff. Is I think that for like the guns being like unlocking your arsenal and like upgrading your weapons, I think that stuff just for clarity's sake maybe should be one or the other. Like where e- e- I, again, I'm not a hundred percent sure how it works right now, but either like it should be a progressive thing where like you unlock a gun and you keep it run to run. You do. Or, or the opposite, where, like, every single time you start to run, you, like, are building mm. the arsenal again. All right, like, a new run, talk to the fox dude, pick one of three weapons, and then, like, you know, progress through that run. And the gun upgrades in the same way. Like, if, the, if those are permanent, that's... It's fine if it's all permanent, but if the, if some of that stuff falls off, I feel like it's it's a little weird if, like, part of those items is, like, a thing you keep and part of it is a, a divorced thing that you don't keep. Because I'm run. still... I still think that I might be correct in that you keep your entire arsenal and whatever and upgrades you, can apply you purchase. Like one upgrade type of and upgrade. And then, to yeah, a gun. if you get yeah. a different one for the same gun, it replaces right. it. So you're saying, like, you know, if you have bought a rate of fire upgrade, you can't necessarily buy, like, an ammo upgrade or a damage upgrade well, for they, that same weapon. They'll swap. Yeah, yeah. It'll, right. Yeah, they'll take they one off and put the other sack. one on. Yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think, because I'm, again, I'm pretty sure I'm going off of text I believe I saw in game. Uh huh. Okay. Is that it you. said that, but again, like I don't know if I was playing or you were, so I wasn't like able to read it fully right. when I was on screen or whatever. I think that's the case. Okay. Yeah, and, I, and again, I think I'd be fine with that either way. Like, I don't think I'd have a problem in like a very like play the spire kind of way of like rebuilding my arsenal mm-hmm. every run if that were the game loop. Uh, especially because it make like again that was my expectation actually coming out of the tutorial into it. I was like, oh well, 
over the course of this play session, I'll try all of the base guns. Like, I'll try them each mm-hmm. all once. And then, like, when it didn't prompt us to do that, we ended up with just, like, the kind of heavy-hitting, like, revolver-looking one. Which was still fine. Like I said, I liked the way it controlled, but I didn't mm-hmm. uh, get to try out the other ones in that stream well, I think, for that same reason. Um, I think that's what it meant by, like, entry weapon. Mm-hmm. If you remember on the, like, when you're selecting your route. There was a thing that would label it as like entry weapon chance, and um, I think that's what that meant. Is you'd have a like a possibility to get one of the other starting weapons and add it to your arsenal. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that like because again we had like we've got got the kind of weapon wheel in the weapon wheel in the UI mm-hmm. where like you can ultimately buy slots to have basically up to four weapons at once that you kind of like at this point I think you just cycle through them with the Y button like uh-huh. you just push one button and it'll cycle through them all. Um, but then you can also pause the game and within like a separate menu, a slight and kind of like a Zelda style, like assign those four slots to, to a to quantity of greater than four guns. So if you had yeah. unlocked six or eight weapons at that point, you could swap through like all of them on a given run. And I'm not sure if that's like, I'm not sure if that's super valuable from like a gameplay perspective. Uh, for, for in like a single run to be able to access like 10 guns at once i'm not sure if that adds anything to the game or if it just like makes it more complex in terms of like well they're they're gonna again they're gonna change the ammo stuff but in the current iteration of the game mm-hmm. where like guns have like a finite amount of ammo like the idea that you could roll into like a late gate encounter with like eight different fully stacked up <laughs> like special weapons and just like d- dump one until the mag is empty and then swap to another one and do the same thing like, I'm not sure if that m- much, like, menu fiddliness and resource management is necessarily, like, coalesces that well with the, the like, fast-paced, like, moment-to-moment action-y thing that the game otherwise is. But again, that might be just a personal taste sort of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the least time I have to spend in menus, the better for my <laughs> personal. Like, I don't want to look at text. I don't want to be shuffling shit around. I want to be running and gunning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, why you had no idea what was going on half the time, because you weren't <laughs> reading the menus, Dustin. Talk to the fox. He is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's like, uh, we're pretty in, in the weeds now. But like I said, we'll, we tend to get more nitty gritty on the stuff that I like, mm-hmm. that one of us is actively interested in playing in the future. I mean, you're so. like, it's less taking in the bigger picture and it's more like fine tuning. Because, like, you know, you, you see the bigger picture, like, oh, I like this. Like, I'm going to get closer and mm-hmm. see all the little details and yeah. try to figure them out. Like, that makes sense. For sure. And then the, um, it's good to be critical and like think. Uh, openly about things you enjoy. Yeah. The the other part of that, like I said, that I think needs a little more clarity or could just be massaged into something that is just a little more straightforward. Like massage and stuff today. <laughs> All about it. I guess that's the only word I'm gonna use this afternoon. But um <laughs> like choosing your route through like the 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 space grid or whatever mm-hmm. where you like go from thing to thing to thing and like basically after you clear a level it'll present you with a branching nodes and you get to pick like some variation of the next level you play and from a ui perspective currently it kind of displays itself as usually like a branching path not Mm -hmm. necessarily like a relatively straight one but like usually there's a bunch of little spokes that go off into various Mm -hmm. places and it'll have like little stats about the level you're about to enter like if you hover over one it'll say like the rough difficulty of it and um give you information that again we believe i was just like drop rates of stuff I believe so, yeah. In there, so, like, it'll tell you if this is more likely to drop money or experience. Or it ha- yeah, what or, it has at all. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. To offer. Um, and for that stuff, having thought about it again, comparing it to other games, and just having thought about it in the moment-to-moment, up to and including when I, like, like one of those negative modifiers where it was like, oh, it won't, you won't be able to see what, like, the mm-hmm. stats are in the level. I was like, I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> <laughs> that can fuck right off. 
part of that was again just like personal preference of like oh the less I need to digest in terms of just like a bunch mm-hmm. of text on the screen the better forget it uh, but I do think part of it speaks to like I don't think any of those changes for the past were as meaningful as they could be mm-hmm. or like do I really give a shit if a level is a hundred percent gonna drop currency or like sixty six percent gonna drop currency is that a thing that I is that a thing that I care about like the difference between one of those and the other of those whereas I think if you chucked all that stuff in the in the garbage and just made some more straightforward like like this level either spawn like the, on a base level you would assume that le- that uh like all levels spawn money so throw that one out period and then like if you're gonna have modifiers on there that says like this level does x like you can definitely the difficulty is good leave that mm-hmm. so like let people choose between like higher difficulty which presumably is either just a higher challenge like you're just opting into it or like potentially better rewards like i'm assuming the game probably scales like you know when money drops out of dudes or whatever probably get a little more for killing a stronger thing so like that then that kind of suggests to the other like oh this one's hard but stuff's probably better and then put stuff like uh like some of the stuff that they had in some of the um other like upgrades and stuff on there like this level drops more ammo uh, by on average this level drops more health on average Mm -hmm. or whatever the thing is this one is more likely to or has like an an experience upgrade in it and then like at that point you can have people choose between like all right well my health's pretty low and so i can and and this plays into another thing which is i think you i'd like it if the path was more because it feels like you go like you go into level and you see that screen and then when you beat the level and you see that screen again it's not the same path it's like another little set of nodes no it's not it's the same set of nodes but but i'm saying like it's, it's not like slay the spire where like when I do an encounter, I can look all the way up the map and see, like, oh, I can see that the boss fight is 18 steps ahead of me or whatever. Well, again, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, I was correct about another thing is there was, like, there was some currency that I don't know what it was, but you mm-hmm. had to spend it to go to levels. And when that hit zero, you fought a boss. Okay. That happened every time. I don't know if there's a way, like, because sure. some of them it said, some of the level things said, like, run time. I don't know what that meant. If that meant uh-huh. you got more of that currency, I never really yeah. figured that out. And you're right. And that, that's a thing that I never even noticed until you pointed it out and then never paid any mind to after because you Because I'm it out. reading the menus. <laughs> I'm looking at symbols. Uh-huh. I'm seeing what is presented to me and I am digesting it, Justin. Sure. And again, I'm going to be. This is why I read well, and you don't. <laughs> I, I am going to be. I have to be upfront about this because I do, like, but again, I to some degree, maybe it works. To my benefit eventually, I don't know, but like for all the complaining that every game dev does about people not reading the text, like I am that person in, in playing games. Like I, I, I will not read stuff unless absolutely forced to, or if like a mechanic isn't explicitly described to me in excruciating detail, for the most part, I will ignore it. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm like I said. I'm sorry he's this way. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. But again, having like the having like the the amount of like levels to boss or whatever tied to like a currency that isn't described. Like I wasn't quite sure how we were accruing it, and again, I didn't even notice that it existed or how we were spending it or whatever. I ju- I do feel like it would be more straightforward to just be like, all right, here's like this whole map, and it's got like 15 nodes on it, and you start at like an entry point, and there are small branching paths where you can see like, all right, well, if I want to go to the shop, I got to go to the right this run. But if I want to like speed run to the boss as fast as possible, then maybe I take this middle one that has like two less level nodes in the middle. Like, I feel like that stuff, like the two things I'm describing, if you made that more of a like, all right, I can just see like roughly the path that I'm going to go down. And then Mm -hmm. like, I can more readily make decisions on how I want this run to go either from the beginning or like moment to moment in the places where they branch. And then 
to take some of the numbers off of like the like I said the the difference between like a sixty six like a sixty six percent drop rate and hundred percent drop rate is meaningless to me. Just <laughs> chuck that in the trash. Uh, even if you want to still have that st- those modifiers in there, I would presentationally change it from like a thing like that to just like a snappier, more fun description, like some of the other texts in the game because they're all already kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you know, more loot for your shooting. That's not good, but you know something mm, like that, but, but better. <laughs> Like, write something good and put that in there instead of putting a thing that just says, like, and money drop rate chance, 27.18%. Do, you, do you, does that make sense? Do you, do you like, are you picking up what I'm putting down? I mean, I think so. Like, okay. I think, I, and again, I think a lot of the reason that most of that stuff isn't, like, more, like, explicitly laid out is because this is still an early access game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been, they've built up a, like, show tutorial and, like, have a very decent, like, loop essentially for both yeah like, and like i said the, the early access version and the sh- one they're showing off to give the the gist of it mm-hmm. and like yeah there is still a lot of information that is just happening around you mm-hmm. that is unclear but it is fun to play like yes. i said at the baseline they, they've got that down like it is enjoyable moment to moment which is good i mean that counts for a lot yes uh and all this stuff big important can be massaged one way or another and you know whatever way they ultimately choose to do it for sure but again i'm just trying to think of in my head going over like either like minor pain points or just again things that i didn't engage engage with at all i think that i will the the next time i play i will use the the moves the quote-unquote what are they called the super moves or whatever where they like cost you pelts yeah i'll I'll use those a little more because that was a thing that like we just didn't engage with that much, period. I mean, like we engaged a, with it incorrectly. I would That's like to experiment with a bit more uh, and get a better feel Pressed for that stuff gameplay-wise. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else, like all the other stuff we talked about stream. I, I'm still going to get to the dashing stuff because I do want to have one more little conversation about that. Because I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, we can talk about that now of like the... Because in, like in the shower this afternoon... <laughs> I had even evolving thoughts on it oh, that, were, that were kind of like the basically the last thing I said while we were on stream of that. The, since there were sh- shower thoughts. As we've learned, like, you know, there are like pluses and minuses to every way uh, you release on Steam. And when it's your first or probably second or third or maybe even fifth game, like I think you're going to probably like do things in that, like putting the game out in the public that you wish you had done differently. Mm-hmm. For us and down the drain, it was basically like, you know, again, we kind of just put that out there to put it out there to get something to the marketplace, but we didn't necessarily do the due diligence to make it as successful as it ultimately could have been. Uh, for this game, I, w- I sincerely wonder if, and I, I, there's no way I can speak to this because I don't know their financial situation. I, I don't know how the game's metrics are right now, like how it's done to date. But I wonder if going early access was the right choice for this thing. And and I will say I wonder if early access is the right choice for any indie thing mm. that doesn't have like like if you are if you can't guarantee that you're gonna get like a thousand purchases mm. day one when you flip the switch on to like build like a significant pile of money to like fund ongoing development. I wonder if early access is the right thing to do. I mean, in my head, early access is most helpful for like server stress test. If you've got some kind of like online thing that you can't test in the wild, Mm -hmm. like then yeah, you put it in early access. You can get people in there with all different kinds of connections, speeds, whatever, and just put as much outside pressure on the servers as possible and like other like mechanical things in there like an online game in my head makes the most sense for early access sure because the the ultimately the thing i'm going to loop around to is like now people have paid money for this product Mm -hmm. like this product that is not done and so uh i I would think that 
one of the benefits of early access, like the like an internal, like for anyone, is that like, oh, you'll get more active, like you'll get more testing out in the wild mm-hmm. to some degree. Like if anyone buys it all, you know, they're going to play it and hopefully provide feedback. Yeah. And then you can, you know, we know how hard it is to get people to try your shit. So there's that itself. But the but then the the other side of that, like the, the other edge on that double-edged sword, is that I do think it really pens you in potentially on certain decisions that like six months later you might want to make drastically differently. But like now you have the expectations of like, all right, there is at least some contingent of people who have paid money for this product as it is. And so if we want to dramatically change the system, like how risky is it to alienate those people? And I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I think (laughs) in certain ways, like you pick your moment with the build Mm -hmm. to put it in early access. Like you have a base loop or whatever you've got something figured out and i do think for a run based game like this it is also very good to have like early access also like, for what we're doing no like cucumber mm-hmm. is not a good game to put in early access like i mean you could do it but like you're not there's no benefit from it aside from getting money up front whereas this like it is so deterministic that it helps to have more eyes on it kind of like the online like an online multiplayer game where you need to have like just more instances running at once Mm -hmm. i see that being very helpful but the other thing is like early access isn't a new concept like people generally speaking know what they're getting into when a game is in early access it is not finite things can change and the fact that it is early access and they're they've purchased it you can also kind of expect there to be like i would say maybe more Mm -hmm dev communication sure. than a game that's just out there like you could still definitely like you could patch games mm-hmm. you can still like reach out and be like hey like this is kind of like weird or i noticed this thing yeah and some devs will still like but like if something's in early access like they're looking for eyes and entering into that monetary exchange like you are agreeing to be eyes on something you know it's not like i mean it is a final purchase but it's not a complete product purchase right you know what you're bi- what you're like if you know what you're doing on steam obviously there are people who just buy whatever and don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing if you know what you're doing on steam you see something's in early access you're like okay this is a work in progress i'm going into it with that and like, I highly doubt they're going to change this into like a a three D uh, collectathon platformer. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't think sure. m- like changes to certain aspects of the economy or game balancing. I don't see that as a deal breaker for someone who's like, I want a top down roguelike shooter. Okay, and- see, that's that's totally fair. But again, I am one of those people. Then like, don't buy early access well, games. Uh, well, uh, sure, but I'm I'm just saying, like, like if you change the like, if I really love the shooting, and then you change it like fifteen percent to make it feel different, that might be the difference between me personally falling in and out of love with a, with a product. I mean, that's fine like, though. Uh, like, no, I'm, I'm just, but again, I'm just kind of throwing again, that out like, there. You're looking I'm at pontificating. You're you're looking. You're, I'm 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 still just trying to say, like, if you're playing an early access game, there's a good chance. That some, if not everything, that's has fine. the possibility for change. Sure. And if <laughs> and if you don't like it, then you like if that's how the it could have happened in development anyway. Uh-huh. Like well, you wouldn't have necessarily okay. seen this version, like the version of the that's game fine. that you first bought, and it could have changed along the way by some other metric, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have liked the game in the end. Okay. Like that's just, that, I'm Ryan, just that's fine. I'm just saying <laughs> this is not an indictment of the early access process. It was just a thing that occurred to me. <laughs> Like it was just a thought that I had had. I'm I mean, not like. Just, in my opinion, it seems a little narrow-sighted. Like it, like. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, I'm again. I'm not saying I didn't even say don't do it. I'm just saying that there are like potential 
costs to it. And the, no, and abso- the, there's absolutely costs to the, it. The thing that I'm ultimately getting at is still uh, the dash ability, which is like like to loop all the way around and, and talk about this other this last like lingering gameplay thing because it's a thing that I personally feel very strongly about. And I also try to clarify this stuff too when it's like when I have a strong feeling on something. I in many cases, and in this is one of those cases, I do not think it is the quote unquote right thing to do, but it is what I would do. Like if you made me, if you put my the hat on my, if you crowned me and made me the lead on this project, <laughs> the first thing I would do immediately was to to cut Barry's dash distance significantly. I would I would test ranges between like thirty three to sixty percent six percent less of what he does now. Like I said, my my instinct is to like land it at like the halfway point of where he's at and see and, and go from there. But that is totally dependent on like player taste and ultimately what the the abilities gameplay intent is to be used for because mm-hmm. as the game exists right now you do the dash and you you do the input and he travels quite a bit mm-hmm. he travels quite a long distance quite quickly so like you you it's quite the leap uh and so if the goal of the ability like the the explicit tutorialized use of it is like you use it to cross gaps so sometimes there's openings of the floor and you can't pass them other than dashing over them and so if the the utility of the ability is just to do that and then to potentially just like linearly backpedal away from danger then, like, as it exists, I think it's just fine. Because that's how the, the levels are designed currently. There are, in many mm-hmm. cases, especially in, like, the non-boss areas, like the, just, like, the enemy-dense, like, regular-ass levels, they are pretty tight corridors. They are relatively con- constrained spaces, and the enemies are, depending on their volume, like, depending on how many of mm-hmm. them are in a space, yeah. there are going to be a lot of enemies near you and potentially a lot of bullets near you if they're, like, some of them fire guns themselves. And so if those are your only two goals, for the most part, I think it works fine. But for my money, I feel like you could make it such a more interesting, more dynamic, more in-the-moment ability if it were just more controllable. Like, if it just traveled a shorter distance so that, like, you could much more reliably, like, laterally dodge bullets and not worry about, like, throwing yourself off an edge or, like, slamming into a wall and have your momentum rest a little bit because he's kind of, like, smushing up against the wall surface for Mm -hmm. the duration of, like, the dash timer or, like, and, like, like, that bat-like enemy thing where it shoots, like, a big ring of projectiles if the dash were tight enough that like you'd be more likely to be able to instead of just backpedal away from it to just get further away from danger period like dash upward at an angle through them and like you could be you'd be more likely to thread the needle between threats like does that all make mm-hmm. sense no i understand okay and so i for played m- with it yeah and so for my money that makes for such a cooler more active more dynamic gameplay experience that like i said i would do that personally i would start do it trying that out right now but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what they have envisioned, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean it's right necessarily for this product. And there, like, like I said, there are other consequences to that too. Of if they've already got, like, we saw that other boss fight where there's mm-hmm. like you have to dash across the gaps of the thing, like stuff like that will need to be adjusted if you were to make a change this broad. And again, that ties into my other thing. Whereas if you, my ultimate point with the game, uh, the early access stuff was if you have a player base that right now really loves the dash as it is, uh, that's the kind of thing where again, if it, if it if I was playing a thing that it felt like that and it flip-flopped kind of that dramatically, it might be off-putting enough for me to just, like, not want to play the game anymore. And so that's why I ultimately wanted to bring up that point. Just, like, it's just an interesting thing that, again, we have no experience with. We've Mm -hmm. never... (laughs) We've never uh, early accessed a game before. And so, uh... I cannot speak from a level of per, of expertise in any way. I'm truly just kind of like theory crafting <laughs> the concept of uh, early accessing your game. I mean, the other thing to that regard is like, say you do make that change and you get a lot of feedback about it not feeling as good. Mm-hmm. You can then like you see that and then you can use that to pivot in a different direction or like change it back or rework 
Sure. Lots of bits of it. Like there's a change in early access is not a be all end all. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a point for if, if you were really interested in a product. Yeah. And that was something that really stuck out to you. Mm-hmm. Then it's kind of on you whether or not you want to bring it up and be like, hey, it, it, or even just like learn the reasoning behind it. Because if they're like, oh, we want like if you say you, you were a person who loved the dash as it is it's your favorite thing in the world. And um, they made the change that you were just suggesting and you were just like thrown by it. You're like, well, what is even is this? If, if you had someone come to you and kind of give your explanation about the change in the dash's utility. Do you think that would be enough to change your mind or would you just like still jump ship? I don't know. Probably. It's hard to say. Probably not. <laughs> like not usually what work. I feel is what I feel. <laughs> and like even if someone justifies it, if I, I feel differently, usually that's not enough to push me off of like a game sense kind of thing. But I, t- I truly don't know. That's a good question. And ultimately that loops back to like the point at the end of the day that I'm making is still like I said, this is what I would do. But this is not like a died in the wool prognosis of what should be done. This is because this ties into another thing, I believe, which at the end of the day, as the creative, like as the developer or mm-hmm. developers, ultimately you just have to, to dig your heels in the ha- sand sometimes and say, like, look, this is the way it's going to be. <laughs> this is our vision, and you're just going to have to deal with it or not. I mean, <laughs> as someone who was going to fight everyone who told me that down the drain needed to be a two stick shooter, sure, like literally uh-huh. throw down, throw hands right there. <laughs> like that is definitely of my mind. Uh-huh. The only thing I will say, like personally about the dash, is the fact that the level design is so different. You have two areas that are completely boxed in and a third that's just open. Like you have no consequences for misusing the dash in those other two areas. But the third one is just like, there's no walls now. Like that dichotomy, if it was more like all of them were open with no walls, then I would under like understand things a little bit more because then you have to play more carefully. Mm-hmm. But it is just like one time. So if you are like more used to just like if you haven't run into that like dock section, right? And I you get, get to the dock section, yeah. and then you're just being punished for right. playing how you've been. Like that that is what stood out to me. Sure, is that, the like, fact the that earlier... the that the level design didn't facilitate like it basically was telling two different stories. Like, yes, the way that I well, the change that I think I suggested in the stream on the stream was like maybe it stops you mm-hmm. at an edge when yeah. you're here. And then you can still like if you're right there, you can still make the jump, but you're not like punished for overshooting. Whereas like kind of like you were saying, when you're um, subjected to the full dash against a wall, you're stuck there. <clears throat> you don't have that kind of like you're just thrown off. Or maybe it just didn't hurt you as much. Mm. No, like, I think I think I agree though. Like I said, I think a happy middle ground regardless is the um what you just mentioned, I think, is probably a good idea of just like not having you be able to dash into pits. Because mm-hmm. the, the thing there is, like, you'll still get a lot of what I'm describing and the and maintain the current mechanic that exists if you were to implement that. Mm-hmm. If basically, like, dash, dashing toward a pit where, like, the distance isn't enough to cross it, just, like, hard stopped you at the edge yeah. of the current geometry that you're on. Like, it would be less annoying for players. It would still ultimately require... It would still maintain the usefulness of the dash as it currently exists, yes. which is to tra- traverse the environment. And it would still do accomplish the thing, I think, in a slightly more um, manageable degree that I'm describing of like, all right, well, now it's now you've turned like what was like in many cases like a frustrating like, oh, I dashed toward a thing and I fell out a pit and I lost health and that's, mm-hmm. that feels shitty to like a more active like, all right, well, I dashed, but I wasn't quite as far enough to shoot this gap. So I have to immediately dash again. So it's just another like thing that you have to be more active in mm-hmm. in the way that I was kind of describing where it's like, all right, I'm like switch, got to switch modes between like shoot, 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 walk, dash. Mm-hmm. I have to dash again because I didn't cross that gap, but I have to like I have to make sure that I'm on it. And so that and then you could even still like 
even if you personally can't dash off of ledges if you wanted to later implement like enemies that like could shove you off of them or mm -hmm. something like that could still be like a fun thing to do if you're like yeah, determined th th to have that's that ha a whole happen. different thing yeah like that is a consequence of an action of the environment mm -hmm. not a consequence of a player's like yeah. but a I, player using a tool that they are given and like not being able to yeah like, but i, I think you're a thousand percent right in that like the way you described it i hadn't put those two things together but i think you're completely accurate in that the the level design of those first couple like earlier type levels is like you can kind of dash wherever because you're not going to dash off of a ledge to your death and then when you get to those other ones and it is like you you are already conditioned to have it be like a thing you can just kind of spam out mm -hmm. and then it starts to punish you because it's kind of a long distance and it's like depending on the angle you started at you can hit some really weird like oh i feel like i was just barely on the platform and i still fell in that pit and that sucks yeah i think that that that's right that like the game kind of teaches you one thing once and then you learn the hard way of the other thing in a way that just mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't feel super intuitive and just doesn't feel super good and like those are nebulous words that like there's <laughs> a lot of that in game game sense yeah. <laughs> that like look i just didn't vibe with it man i don't know i <laughs> you you kind of described i think exactly why but like for many people it's just going to be like i don't know man it just felt weird to me <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah those are all interesting points that, like I said, uh, more than anything, I'm just looking forward to see the game evolve mm -hmm. in one way or another. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to see what the weapon changes are like when they have that update out. I'm guessing that'll be... Uh, I forget if they said that was before or after PAX, but I have in no any idea. case, we'll keep an eye on it. I'll be playing it again at some point. But I think that... Do you have any other stray thoughts? I think that's about it. Our other minor stuff on the stream was just like little geometry stuff. But again, I think that in many cases that would be resolved over time regardless mm -hmm. uh, of just like it's a bunch of little stuff you can get hooked on that like probably could stand to be smoothed out but that's again that's such basic like mm -hmm. oh the game's not done yet we're working on it kind of thing that like worth pointing out but not worth a diatribe on <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i think that's about it like I said any other thoughts before we kind of wrap things up i don't know if i have anything like super specific it was really interesting to see um how different the show demo was compared to the um, early access version there was mm -hmm. more than i was expecting like i had no idea what to anticipate coming into the stream and i was really surprised and uh, pleasantly surprised is the better way to put that um with how much there was like variety even because like i mean we were next to them and saw like obviously like show demos are different but you can see like you saw like the same kind of general loop the whole time so it was really cool to see like the variety of, like the enemy types in the second like area or whatever you'd call that it was neat because they were so different and you know this thing is cute yeah it's, it's cute looking, it's good looking, it's fun to play. And yeah, I hope they keep working on it and improving and changing stuff. And like I said, I'm looking forward to try more of it in the future. We did, we did in fact, purchase our early access copy, so I'm already in. <laughs> They've got me. Going back to my other point, uh, early access is a conversation. It's not a finished purchase. I think Fair you enough. need to open your horizons, Dustin, and be open to things uh -huh. not being as perfect as you would make them and meet them where they <laughs> are. That's not at all what I... You're putting words in my mouth. Now you're just, like, picking on me. Uh. <laughs> well, because you're just being belligerent. I'm not being belligerent. I'm trying... I'm just thinking and talking and... Uh. You're running your damn mouth. <laughs> Uh, said Lorraine, I only have strong feelings about games that I'm actively interested in. So if I'm not if I'm not complaining about something, then you then you've screwed up by not having my attention. <laughs> uh, Why don't you complain about me more? <laughs> oh, damn! All right, I think pew, we're gonna call pew, pew, we're gonna call this a show. Pew, uh, pew, pew. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that's uh, rightfully Barry Arms. It's on Steam now. Yeah, uh, you can pay ten bucks for it. I th- I think it's well worth it. Like I think by the time that game is done, it'll be well worth the ten dollar entry fee for sure. It's Daylight a Basement Studio. That's the uh, that's mm-hmm. the team. I, I was like, it's daylight. And yeah. I was like, it's day and it's basement. I was like, what is the day, day basement? One? Day basement studio. Light drifter. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is light. No, we're done. Oh, I'm filling anyway. your dark soul with light. Yeah, we're gonna call it a show. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, th- thank you, Lorraine, for uh, <laughs> engaging in some heated conversation about early access. Apparently, <laughs> that's not. Uh, and talking about games and making games with me. I appreciate all of it. Thank you to our cat, sort of. She was very bad. She was running on. behind the green screen like a dingus. But now she's doing okay. Now uh, she's thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast in most places where podcasts are found. You can find our games by searching Cubicorn Games on Steam. You can find our YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, etc. by looking at Cubicorn Games on many platforms. Mm-hmm. And with all that said... Uh, but it, again, if you have a game... Yeah, thank you. you. Last one. I want us to, to check out or play or we, know of we, one. We love you playing see indie something, games. Say something. We love playing indie games, especially ones that aren't finished. Email us at podcast at cubecorngames.com. Yep. We will try to give your game a shot. Yeah. And now, finally, we will end the show. Woo! Thank you for listening. We will see you in a couple weeks. Hell yeah. Goodbye, Internet. Bye. Bye.